0: All right, let's continue in chapter 21 Now, before we go any further, I must ask because we have to be very clear about this one thing This chapter is about religious worship, the first part Before we even move to the Sabbath, the second part We must be very clear, all right? I hope you remember Because when I brief the choir and I ask, You're going to sing um, Praise Him, Praise Him, right? blessed be the name blessed be the name now blessed be the name the 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 theology in there is really chapter 21 it was quite amazing the timing but then when i ask why do we worship god (laughs) most everyone cannot remember all right i understand because we cover a lot of things not easy but if you forget most of the things you can go back and read but one thing must be clear in the forefront of our minds as god's children When people ask When you come on Sunday When you worship God Why Do you worship God? Why must we worship God? I hope someone here can tell me Who want to try? Valerie cannot try because she knows the answer already She was in the choir, I asked her Um, Alex Why do we worship God? Why must we worship God? Two reasons Uh, First, because He is God Very good First, simply because he is God. Because he is God, that is all. Even if you're not a believer, you must worship God because he is the living and true God. He is the supreme, the omnipotent, the ultimate being. God, creator, the holy one. Just simply because of who he is, man must fall down and worship him. Understand that? We don't worship God because, simply because we are saved. Of course, that is a reason why we should be thankful, throw ourselves before him in gratefulness. But even if we are not saved, we ought to know who this God is and give him the due honour. One day it will happen, right? God says, one day, every knee shall bow. Every knee will have to call him Lord, will worship him. We worship Him not because, not just because we are saved. We worship Him because He is God. Very important. It must be very deep in your heart. It also means that if in your life you cannot understand. Now, let me actually ask you, why is it so important that we must understand we worship God simply because He is God? Why is it also crucial to the Christian living? Anyone want to try? I don't think I covered that. Why is it so important that we must have this attitude? I simply have to worship him. I must worship him because he is God, for who he is. Why is it important to the Christian living? Um, Cheryl, I know it's a very general question, very broad, but try. Why does it change our minds about worshiping God? Say again. The whole question is when how does the fact that we, we must worship God simply because He is God change our lives change our thinking change our desire to worship Him That one is second part they didn't hear so they don't know yet um, In fact it's the opposite of that Okay, maybe we go second part first, then I'll ask you. Second part, what is the second key reason the Westminster rightly pointed out? Anyone remember? This one is the tough one. Howard, remember? Very good. Wow. So, I'm so pleased. Because he is good to men, right? Now, let's look at point number one. Look at your notes, point number one. It begins by saying, the light of nature showeth that there is a God the God, who hath lordship and sovereignty over all, is good and doeth good unto all, and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted, and served, and so on and so on. So, the reason why we worship God is these two reasons He is sovereign, He is above all. We must worship Him, we bow before Him. The second is He is good, He is so good to men. We must be so grateful and accord to him, worship, praise, thanksgiving with all our heart. Right? These two reasons. So now I ask Cheryl again. Now, with that, why is God is sovereign and therefore we must worship him? Why is that placed first before the fact that he is good? What happens if you go through very bad, difficult situations in life? Because God is omnipotent um, I know my questions sometimes are not phrased very well All right, anyone want to try? Who understand my question? (laughs) And therefore you know the answer Why is this one first? The sovereignty of God He's supreme, therefore we must worship And then he is good Therefore we must worship him Leah, want to try? Okay, yeah Yeah. Yes, very close Now um, Leah says that even when when we go through difficult things in life but simply knowing that god is good right god is infinite in his goodness correct we memorize then i and i also know that he's sovereign he's sovereign means he is in control correct if he's in control and even things don't look in my own eyes my human experience this doesn't look good for me i lose my job i lose my health i lose my money in life you feel that this doesn't look good, but the fact that He is sovereign, He is in control, therefore I accept it. And I still will worship Him. Yes, that is a fact also. Now, but what happens if you really cannot see any good out of it in this life where you're living? But simply knowing that, actually even without point number two, simply He is God. He is the Creator. There is none above Him. He is the ultimate, most powerful, Uh, Most holy God Even if He is not good to me I still owe Him my worship Because some people not understanding this To them they get the opposite God is good, therefore I worship Him What happens when they face troubles in life When they face unhappiness in church When they face conflict with friends in church then they don't come to worship God. Understand what I'm saying? We come to worship God simply because He is God. Even if I don't understand why these things have happened in my life, even if I don't like someone in church, even if I think it's so far away, even if it is raining, pouring, He is God. And therefore, I must go and worship Him. Understand that? That's why I said these two things must be ingrained in us. When you come to worship this Sunday onwards, don't think of anything except he is the most holy, the most worthy. In fact, my worship of him, he should not even receive it. I'm not worthy to worship him, but that he invited me. Nothing will stop me to go and worship this God. Understand? Then in worship, because he is good, I, I therefore also Give him my praise and my thanksgiving hmm? Alright, so I hope this is clear This must be the Christian Understanding of worship So that is the first part We covered many other things, alright But I must, re- must recap this At the end I'll ask again Maybe one day i in bump into you in the toilet The men I'll ask you again <laughs> now, number, now we move to number four Number four Let's read number four Point number four together Point number four Prayer is to be made for things lawful And for all sorts of men living Or that shall live hereafter But not for the dead not, Nor for those of whom it may be known That they have sinned The sin unto death Now what is this? Remember point number three One of the things involved in worship is what? Prayer We learned prayer is part of worship Okay? Prayer is part of worship So now they say now then therefore how should we pray? If prayer is part of worship, then how should we pray? Here it defines prayer. I must be more careful with my pronunciation, pronunciation, right? Not not Singaporean. Prayer. Right? Prayer. I've been corrected many times. Prayer. Prayer is to be made. For things lawful So number one In our worship Prayer must be For lawful things If you chair If you do chairing If your family worship Your personal prayer Must be for lawful things What does it mean? We do not pray For things that are sinful Do you understand? We do not pray I want to link this No, for example Do we pray That um, God Please Please um, enable me to plan for worship on Saturday. Wrong, absolutely out of the question. Don't pray for things like that. But I want to link it to this part, huh? the last part. Not for those who may be known they have sinned, the sin unto death. Now let's turn to John, First John chapter five, please. First John chapter five. What is this talking about? So we must know how to pray. Eh? Fathers, when you're having family devotion, you must know how to pray. When your children pray, when your spouse pray, you must make sure you teach them to pray rightly. Now, first of all, let's turn to 1 John 5, um, 14. 1 John 5, 14. Can we read together 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 reading? And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he will answer. Now, here God says very clearly you pray for legitimate things in worship, in your family worship, in your personal worship, he will hear. But I want us to read something else. Read verse 16, please. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give, give him life for them That sin not unto death There is a sin unto death I do not say that ye shall pray for it Now, here God says If you see someone sin Not a sin unto death Pray mm, So Sunday at pastoral prayer In your family prayer uh, In worship prayer, family worship In your personal worship prayer You can pray for these things Someone fall into sin Pray for the person But here God says In prayer As part of worship Or any prayer We do not pray for those that sin The sin unto death What does it mean? Does it mean, for example hmm, Someone committed a terrible sin um, Committed adultery Say oh, from now onwards, don't pray for this person. Or for example, someone committed um, the sin of um, rejecting Christ. What's the sin that is sin unto death? Anyone? Like for example, unpardonable sin. Now listen carefully, yeah. Unpardonable sin. What's the unpardonable unpardonable sin? Rachel not being able to answer a question at WCF. <laughs> What's the unpardonable sin? Um, I'm not very sure, but is it like, um, after you have to four of the mm-hmm. I mean, you know, dogs or something like that, I'm mm-hmm. going to use all this time rejected? Okay, so someone who keeps hearing the gospel Keep rejecting, hardening the heart And then God um, does not work on you anymore And then your heart is hardened And then you've committed the unpardonable sin Mark, what's the unpardonable sin? Christ called it a particular name Hmm, I thought this was very common I thought this was very common Yes, Howard Say again That's a specific word And people always call that And then now we have unpardonable sin And so on, Howard Sin against the Holy Spirit And blaspheme more Alright, sin against the Holy Spirit And blaspheme against um, God Right Now what is this um, Sin against the Holy Spirit Is it an unpardonable sin? Is it or not? Now, first of all, we know that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is exactly what um, um, Rachel described. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit, um, when the gospel is preached to you, um, the Holy Spirit works in you, but you keep rejecting, keep rejecting. Um, not one thing to accept what God, through the Holy Spirit, speaks to you means you call Holy Spirit a liar, God a liar. Hmm? You blaspheme, you're against Him, you don't reject. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit um, is, God say the sin that will not be forgiven, right? But is it really unpardonable sin? What do you think? Howard, is it an un- unpardonable sin? Let's be precise. Huh? Let's turn to Mark. Um, Mark Chapter Three. So God says, This don't pray for it. Mark Chapter Three, Mark Chapter Three, verse twenty two onwards. Mark Chapter Three, verse 22 to 30. Did I get it right? Yeah. Now let's read verse 28 and 29 together. Reading: No man, eh, sorry, verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and the blasphemies, wherewith whosoever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. So, um, how, um, Brother Edward, so can a person who has blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, has he committed the unpardonable sin, meaning to say he can never be pardoned? Uh, Howard. Uh, Edward, uh, Douglas. Brother Douglas. Yeah, sorry. Brother Douglas. I keep thinking, I look at Douglas, but I, I say Howard. All right, at least I didn't call him Cornelius. <laughs> okay, so, um, Brother Douglas. So, unpardonable sin means a person can never be forgiven once but person blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. Okay, oh, okay. We 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 often believe that that's the case. Yeah, I think so. That's why I took some time to answer questioning this. What do you think? Um cameraman Ben. Uh, I think if you continue to reject until you die, then it becomes unhappyable. But before that it's still a time and if you received, if you receive the Holy Spirit that we have in part of it. Okay. So Ben says that if yeah you you keep rejecting, you're, you're unsafe, you're unpardoned. You reject the Holy Spirit working, right? But just say before you die, they can't knock you, then you fall on the floor, your head, your skull open, then you think, I better believe in Jesus. Then you cry to the Lord to forgive, to cleanse you. You acknowledge Him as God and Savior, asking for forgiveness. What God says, sorry, you committed unpardonable sin. I cannot forgive you. No. That's why I don't like the word unpardonable sin Unpardonable means it's like It's fixed already Now God says But is in danger In danger of eternal damnation The person is in danger As long as he would not receive God Yield to the Holy Spirit He is Never forgiven He remains unforgiven Understand that? He remains unforgiven and while he's living he is always unforgiven and in danger if he dies he will go to hell understand so when we say unpardonable sin because some people they get very worried on huh? after some years they say you know i actually i just remembered before i got saved i used to curse and even swear at the name of jesus and then i hate god and all that oh no, I think I committed unpardonable sin already. So I think I cannot be forgiven anymore. Okay, people actually have that thinking. That is not what God says. There's no sin that cannot be pardoned as long as you genuinely repent for salvation while you are living. Understand? While you're living. After that, finish. Okay, so so God says... So what does it mean? Huh? Oh, we got digressed. Digressed. Um, God said, "There is a sin that a person commits." I say that you don't pray for it. So, does it mean we don't pray for people who reject Christ? What do you think, Yong? First John, right? Just now we read. Oh, oh, sorry. First John five sixteen, right? First John five sixteen. Just now we read. Um, God says, when we pray, so in worship, for example, I pray. Um, f- uh, for them that sin not uh, There is a sin unto death I do not say that he shall pray for it What does it mean? Don't pray for those that reject Christ We cannot pray before we go for evangelism So what does it mean, yo To those people who do false teaching? The people who teach false teaching they know the truth they still purposely go against The Holy Spirit that in them mm-hmm. Purposely say something against The truth that they Okay, so they, they know the truth already. They continue to apostatize. They continue to teach falsehood. Um, so, is this about that? and don't, don't pray for them. I pray for, I pray for, um, I pray for, I pray for heretics, you know. I pray for those that are against BPP. I pray for them. I pray for Mormons. I pray for, Buddhist. (laughs) Does it mean we don't pray for them? What this means is you don't pray that God forgive them for their sins of rejecting Christ and teaching falsehood. But you pray that they will come to know the truth and be saved. Understand? He's saying that don't pray that they... God please bless them. God please um, Please forgive them in the sense of let them continue. Now I give you an example. I said this and and in Perth we know one of the biggest problem is what? People take flying flower job, correct? Now that is the biggest problem. We are covering Sabbath. So we must deal with it. Where the person is constantly constantly breaking the Sabbath, intentionally breaking the Sabbath, working away on Sundays for a period. And this is his regular life. Now, so, do we pray? Number one, don't pray for things that are unlawful. Only pray for things that are lawful. Do we pray that God protect them? Do we pray that God bless them? Help them to keep their job? When they're there, keep them from falling down. Don't pray for things unlawful. Only pray for things that are lawful. But does it mean we don't pray for them? When we pray for them, what do we pray? Your child, for example, your child keeps wanting to mix up, be mixed up with bad company, um, take drugs, go with the bad crowd, stealing things. Do you pray, Lord, please protect my child? I know he's out there tonight stealing things. And you pray that, you don't pray that that God protect them for these things. He said, don't pray for that. Pray that God will deal with them. Then they awaken. Then they get saved. That is the best prayer. Understand? okay so this is what it means we must pray for things lawful so on the pulpit those chairmen who come up and chair pray very carefully who you pray for and what you pray for fathers at home when your children pray when your spouse pray when you pray make sure you pray for things lawful this sunday we are going up this sunday instead of going to church we are going for a holiday we are going to mandura for for uh, for fishing Okay, family, let's come together. Let us pray that God give good weather on Sunday and our journey will be safe and there will be lots of fish for us to catch. (laughs) Not lawful prayers. Not lawful prayers. Alright? And these are things that are sinful. Hmm? Okay, so you must be aware because sometimes we think it's kind to pray for everyone. Pray for everything. It is not. So the Westminster is very precise. Now, he says pray for all sorts of men. Point number four. Pray for all sorts of men. Oh, I've got to answer your questions, right? Now, so I've answered question number one, number two on your on your paper. No, what now? Who should we pray for? Question number one. So here, pray for all sorts of men. We know um, the well-known verse. Um, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let us read verse 1 and 2 and 3. 1 to 3 together. Reading, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Saviour Sorry, I left out all godliness Now, please, God says, please remember, pray for all That is why at worship, I pray for the government Pray for kings Pray what? Pray that they um, uphold homosexual laws? No Pray that they will be righteous, right? So that we will have a quiet and peaceable life Living godly lives Okay, so we do pray for, do you pray for them? That's why prayer meetings, very often we also say pray for the government. Hmm? Because it's in the Bible, we cannot ignore it. Part of worship, prayer. So fathers, you must pray when your family worship, pray for authorities. Teach your children to pray for authorities that they will be righteous and God will um, use them to bring peace and justice in the country, alright? So that is part of prayer. Now, what about this? For all sorts of men, I say living, right? Living, Hmm? or that shall live hereafter. What is shall live hereafter? What do you think it is? Shirley, what do you think? Pray for living people, of course. No problem. What about pray for them that shall live hereafter? Point number four. Do you have your notes? Do you want a copy? Oh, okay. What is pray for hereafter? Living hereafter? Not sure. Valerie? Next generation. Very good. It's the next generation. So, um, we have no time to turn, but very clearly remember the Lord's prayer. The Lord said, I pray for this and not just this one. I pray also for those that will live after them. Hmm? So next generation So live hereafter is not those people that die and then live in another world It's not praying for the dead Okay, so we must pray for the next generation Christ in his high priestly pastoral prayer prayed for the next generation So it's a church we must pray for them That's why a pastoral prayer I always pray for the children the teens All these are biblical prayer at family worship at worship Uh, Fathers the same give give your children all right child you must pray for the next generation Hmm? assigned to wife also we ourselves must pray do you pray this by the way i need to jump to point six without reading it point number six is about worship private devotion is worship understand that family worship is worship also it's classified as worship so in your private devotion time it is worship in your private devotion time these are the things you pray for understand it must be part of that. So I hope it, it, it makes your private devotion life, your family worship more um, complete, more biblical now, okay? So it's, it's, it's now more, um, it's richer, it's richer, hmm? it's richer. Now the next, but not for the dead. We do not pray for the dead. Okay, the case of dead Lazarus, Um, The rich man keeps saying, I want to talk to Lazarus. Can you ask Lazarus this and that? Then what did Abraham say? No, no contact. There's a big gulf in between. Eh, But he just talked to Abraham. (laughs) Now, God used that and allowed that as a real situation. Now, I don't believe that Lazarus and the rich man is a parable. Parables don't have names. All right, they have specific names, Abraham. They have specific names, Lazarus. This is a real situation. But God used this to tell people there's a big gap. Don't pray to the dead. Don't ask the dead for anything. Neither do you pray for the dead. Can, is there any point praying for my loved, beloved relative passed away? Lord, I pray that the person can get saved. No. Alright? No point. Because it's uh, appointed unto man once to die. After that, judgment. Mm-hmm. So, we do not pray for people who are dead Who have been dead Nothing will happen to them They are fixed in their state So, then the other week, a few questions arose do, Should we go to cemetery? Visit the tombs of loved ones? We can Can go? Can But what do you do there? should we stand there close our eyes and say a prayer for them no okay no we do not pray for the dead there's nothing you can pray for for the dead if the dead is in heaven it's far better than us there's nothing you could pray for them they have everything Um, they have everything do you pray that they come and help you already lazarus case the rich man keeps saying ask lazarus to come Come and preach the gospel to my, my, my rel- living relatives. Come and dip water in, on my mouth. Ask Lazarus to come and help. You not know, pray for the dead to come back to help. Okay? So, that is we don't do that. Um, it's very clear. Now, So, now this is the question at every funeral. At hmm? every funeral. Pastor is lying there. <laughs> then you walk up to the coffin. Hmm? Or your loved ones. Then you walk up to the coffin. Usually you reach there, they say, come, 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 come to the coffin. Right? So a lot of Christians don't know what to do. Do I go or do I don't go? <laughs> I'm not supposed to pray to the dead. They say, come, come, come and, come and, uh, come and uh, um, maybe have a prayer for the, for, for, for the person. And now, especially as a, as a pastor. They say, come, come, come and pray. Come and pray for my so-and-so has passed away. So they ask you, come, what do you do? No. I don't pray to the dead And you sit down <laughs> hmm? Can you walk up to the coffin? Can When you walk up to the coffin What do you do? What's the point? Say again Grace What do you grace? Grace the dead Say hello Let's still talking to the dead right? Still talking to the dead What do you do? Nothing so you go up, you do nothing. Look at the person. Look at the person. Now, we don't pray for the dead. Now, what happens if the person says, come and... Okay, then you say, I want, uh, let's go and pay respect to the dead. Go and pay respect to the body. Can you say that? What do you think? Fiona, should we go and pay respect to the person in the coffin or go to the cemetery respect because recently someone said you know i'm going to down south very far then when i fly and i reach there and then i'm going to travel many hours to the cemetery so i him, why do you think that you say oh i want to go and um, um pray respect to to a person who i was very close to in the past you know i i always miss the person so i want to go and see the person and pay respect to the person how Fiona? should we pay respect to the date Say again No Why? No point Because the person is already dead However, you try to respect it Can the person receive your respect? Peer respect is the heathen's concept Where they, they still believe that the person can hear Can receive You know the heathens, they believe that when the person first died The years haven't died <laughs> Right? You heard all those things? No The Chinese no, They haven't died They still can hear you for a period that's why they have this concept of going in China. Is it like that? The person died, but but still can hear you for a while. Yeah, ah, see, you're not so China. <laughs> so, so I'm very China. Huh, my friends. They believe that. So my parents when I was young say, "Hey, hurry up, go, 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 see uncle. Then say a few words to uncle during this period. Uncle still can hear you. And they believe that they still can hear. Hmm? Some people. But it is not, you know, Chinese say jing ba hao. means you die the mouth is still talking, it's not that. They say die, the ears still can hear, huh? still can hear. So, it's the heathen concept. The moment we die, we cannot hear anymore. We are either in heaven or in hell, instantly. Paul saying, present, absent in the body, present with the Lord, instantly, okay? So pay respect, the person can't hear. Pay respect is the concept that you still can communicate with the dead and they can receive your communication. That's why you pay respect. Okay, so don't use it loosely. That's why as a funeral, when I conduct funeral, I do not say, please come up and pay respect. Pay your last respects. But I always say, come forward and view the body for the last time, before we bury it. You're really viewing the person's body for the last time. It's the last time you get to see the person's body. You used to see him, face to face as a living person how to remember his face at least i see one more time ah, remember the face or how he was view the body for the last time okay nothing wrong to go up view the body for the last time don't go up and do this huh? <laughs> then maybe wondering you're praying or what okay then you become people begin to have the wrong oh when people die christians they can pray and talk to them uh, Of course, sometimes we go up, we do pray, but I tend not to like to do it there because you get the wrong concept. Do I pray? I pray. I pray and thank God for the person's life in my heart. You know, I pray for the family that is going through bereavement. So sometimes when I stand there, the thoughts that are going through my mind is the family. So I may close my eyes and pray. Then I realize, hey, actually, people might think that I'm praying for the dead. Then I realize that, better not do that. Okay, go there. Um, Look at the person When you have conversation Talk about the person's life Living life And view the person for the last time Okay, understand? So we don't pray for the dead Now Then we had this question Actually, all these things I should not do in WCF Yeah Because it's, it's too much detail So I'm going to go slow Are you all right with this? All right, right? So we are very clear About what we believe I'll go even deeper when we go to um, Adelphi, <laughs> even more. Hmm? So that is this person, the person who asked, Brother Alex asked, now, we're we are talking about worship, correct? Worship, bowing in worship. Now, so we don't bow to the dead. We don't bow to the dead. Can we bow to the living? Can we bow to the living? Can or not? Okay, those from China say yes. Because in China, we bow a lot. Anyone from Japan, even worse. Bow non-stop. Christians cannot be, cannot be Japanese. So can we bow or cannot? In the Bible, how many times when they bow? And then Peter said, hey, stand up, stand up, stand up. Don't bow or don't kneel before me. Right? So we should not. Hmm. Mauray and Risa OK, I speak in Mandarin and translate 过年的时候,我们通常到奶奶的面前 那么我们向她敬礼,才拿到红包 今天是才拿到红包 <laughs> so, um, is it wrong? Now, that is the difficulty. Very often at Chinese New Year, Christian struggle. Um, our relatives, our, our sisters or brothers, they bow to our parents. They say, As Christian, I cannot bow, cannot bow. right? must stand very straight. Or at wedding, Fiona just had wedding, right? Fiona and um, Colin. Um, Can I kneel down and bow to my parents? That kind of thing. Can or not? What did I tell you, Fiona? Say again? Okay, she take the easy way out. We don't have to kneel down. (laughs) Now, can or not? Because some Christians face that. Let me ask you first. First of all, I establish the principle. Now turn to... um, some examples where you cannot in the Bible where you cannot bow now this is linked to what we are studying Um, Daniel chapter 3 our favorite character last year when we did children's program and our favorite hymn Dare to be a Daniel Daniel chapter 3 verse 3 to 7 the principle, you read it, then you tell me the principle. It's so simple. Daniel chapter 3, verses 3 to 7. Can we read together? And, oh sorry, Daniel 3, 3 to 7. Then the princes, the governors and the captains, the judges and treasurers, the counsellors, the sheriffs and all the rulers and prin- of the princes of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image of Nebuchadnezzar. The king had set up. And they stood before the image and Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Then a herald cried aloud to you, "Is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbowl, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up. And whosoever falleth down not, fall not down and worshipeth Shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning of fiery furnace. Now, here it is very clear. What's the problem? It is worship. The word repeatedly is worship. Worship, yeah, is, the, is, is Nebuchadnezzar's image. Huh? But the whole concept was worshipping Nebuchadnezzar. Alright? When we have no time. Huh? So, when we cannot say no time. Turn to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 Because these are very common questions That doesn't get fixed So I need you to read from scriptures and understand Acts chapter 10 verse 25 Acts chapter 10 verse 25 Now read carefully And as Peter was coming in Cornelius met him And fell down at his feet And worshipped him Hmm? The same when John Bowed down before the angel it was to worship and worship. The problem is not bowing down. The problem is bowing down to worship. Okay, it's worship. Now, how do we confirm whether it's right or wrong? Here we definitely confirm cannot bow down as part of worship. But if you're not bowing down to worship, can bow down or not? Okay, so um, Phyllis is not ahead. You must quote an example from the Bible. Because it must not be our thinking. Must not be our rationalizing, right? Must be, really, from scriptures. Then we know, ah, can or cannot. So, Phyllis, why are you not? Can you think of an example? Cannot. Oh, you're nodding that, yeah, cannot worship. Okay. Who can? Yes. Can Who? Ruth. Ruth? Ruth? Yes, Ruth is one example where Ruth bowed down before Boaz. Correct? Ruth bowed down before Boaz. Now, there are many examples in the Bible where men bow down, prostrate even before another. I give you some examples. This one you don't need to turn to. First, in Genesis 27:29, 29. You want to, you can write down in your book. You know, Genesis 27, 29. Now, God says um, to Jacob, or Isaac said to Jacob, nations will bow down to you. Nations will bow down to you. Now, we turn to, for example, the case of Bathsheba, 1 Kings 1.16. Let's turn to 1 Kings 1.16. I want this to be clearer. I still think we cannot finish tonight. First King 116. Now let's read together, First King One Sixteen. And Bathsheba bowed and did obeisance unto the king. And the king said, What wouldest thou? David did not say, ah, Bathsheba, please get up, do not bow to me. Bathsheba, he received Bathsheba's bowing to the king. Right? So can we bow to kings? We have an example in the Bible. You do not bow to husband. (laughs) Can you bow to your husband? Oh, husband, good morning. (laughs) Okay, so she bowed to her husband. She bowed to the king. There are instances where David did not say, in fact, there are many instances where there's bowing to King David. He did not stop them. The difference is the worship, right? When he knows his worship, when the man knows his worship, he said, don't bow to me, don't worship me. Now, next one, uh, here. Can you bow to parents? Your wedding and so on, Chinese New Year, whether go on or not. <laughs> okay, now let's turn to Second Samuel chapter fourteen. Second Samuel chapter fourteen, verse thirty-three. Can we read Second Samuel chapter fourteen, verse thirty-three together? Reading. So Joab came to the king and told him, and when they called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. And the king kissed Absalom. Absalom was who? Absalom was King David's son. Did he simply bow? Not only he bowed, he fell on his face to the ground. Hmm? And what did David do? Hurry up, stand up. Don't. No. You say, David kissed him. Hmm? David kissed him In your case, you get ang Pao. Now the next one um, So, son bowing to parents Nothing wrong if it's, As long as it's not worship. But I ask you first Before I forget So can you go before a picture Of your, of your father or mother Who has passed away And bow out of Respect to it You're not worshipping eh, I'm not worshipping my parents ah Put the photo there. I'm not worshiping my parents, Pastor. I'm just going to give my respect. To pay like David, right? You know, like Absalom. Bow down until the face on the floor. Can or not? Goes back to the previous principle, correct? Not to the dead. To the living. Not to the living. Now, okay, you don't have to turn that, You write down. Then you also have the case of where Solomon bowed to the mother. Bowed to Bathsheba. Solomon is king, you know. But yet when Bathsheba came, the king bowed to the mother. Okay, in the case of First uh, Kings chapter two verse nineteen, if you want to write down, so children bowing, even the king, bow to the mother. Okay, and so on. We have Saul prostrating before Samuel, Abigail falling before David, and so on. It is not wrong. Make sure it's not worship. But what happens if at the tamcha time? If the connotation is worship uh, sorry, jam cha means means um, you give the drink at your wedding You present the drink to the jing To the parents or to the relatives Now, sometimes the bowing has to do with worship You must know the custom If, if it is associated with you bow Because you're supposed to worship me I'm, I'm, I'm your parent, you must worship me Then you must know the difference, okay? Very complicated, very fine line. Did the people bow to Caesar? The Christians will not bow to Caesar. Why? But they will quote, "Hey, hello, all these people bow to King David. I'm Caesar. Bow to me." Your Christian teaching say okay to bow to kings. How to answer? Phyllis, want to try? Right, Caesars. The Caesars consider themselves as what? Gods. When they expect people to bow, they expect them to bow to a god in worship. Understand that? So there's a difference. Okay, I hope this is cleared up. So can we worship? Bow in worship? we are studying worship, right? To a human being? No. Definitely not dead also. Can we bow in respect to the living? Can. Can we bow in respect to the dead? No Okay, so I hope it's clear as so mud now so, <laughs> Yeah Ching Ming also is, also is Okay, so the question is this What happens if it's Qingming. Qingming in, in English is it's a particular festival where the Chinese people go and burn incense and paper houses, paper Mercedes Benzes to them, paper money to them, so that they receive it in hell. Okay? That's Qingming, is it? No. What Qingming then? I don't know. I'm not... Cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. cleaning the grave. Cleaning the grave day. All right, so can Christians follow the ting Ming and go and clean the grave? So forget what I said earlier, that's not ting Ming. Is it? That's not ting Ming, is it? That's the same. Oh, so, okay, you clean up, what do you do? It need to be clear. Some people, they do burn, so I'm still not wrong. All right, what else? Clean up. Clean up the grave, yeah. So what do you think? Pay. The cleaning is all right. Okay. Anyone else, anyone disagree with pay? Not to go on the same day. Okay. Better to not go on the same day. Why? Because uh, the appearance of evil. The appearance of evil. Right? The appearance of evil. Because they might think, oh, so Christians also can go and connect with the dead. Now, you go going clean, they don't know that you're cleaning. They think that we say they clean is kind of like i presume that they are also thinking that the dead appreciates that their place is being cleaned up <laughs> at least once a year All right? so they may think that christians are also going to show their dead that see at least once a year i clean and make the place nice nice for you <laughs> right so the association is not wise it's not wise okay so choose wisely should we can we go and clean up the grave as long as you don't clean up so that, oh, at least dad have a nice nice um, walk in the garden this afternoon. Not that kind of thing, alright? Um, so don't do it for all those things. Pastor, yes. I, go, I, go. In my case, I can't go So the question is, I can't go on any day except Ching all right, because I can't tell my mom tomorrow. Then I go. What would you do? Because to I'm guessing, but by and large, your mom sees Cheng Ming with a pagan concept, right? And she wants you to go and do that out of a pagan objective. Okay, most likely. More, more more, likely than not. Okay, so the Christians should should avoid. Should take a stand. Because it is um, subjecting ourselves to their superstition and giving them the wrong idea. What I'll do? <coughs> Turn up a week early. Clean up first. <laughs> Mom, clean already. Don't worry. Very, very clean. Just do that. One of the things we can do. Um, now i ask you this question now it comes to a very complicated situation because we just learned we cannot worship the living we cannot worship the living neither can we pay respect to the dead correct? as we learn this thing about worship the living and the dead so what happens if your parents get really angry and say i disown you i kick you off the house i want you To go and clean up the grave for Dad because Dad needs it clean. How? You may lose your opportunity to preach the gospel to your loved one forever. Mm. How? 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 (laughs) Very simple. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Simple but painful. No, he it must be this day, because this is the day where father can see you clean. Very good. Your son's answer, <laughs> because they are the elect. <laughs> now, why do we study election? When you understand election, then when you make a stand on this, don't bow to them and all that, do you fear that if I don't do it, my parents may not, they kick me out of the house or they get so angry at me, they won't even listen to me when I preach the gospel to them. Should you worry about that? Because if the person is an elect, will the person believe? The person will believe. Maybe not through you. Who knows, it is through your stand that it awakens the person. You mean it's so serious? In fact, there are cases like that. The parents kick, beat, chase them out of the house, but they see the child never change. In the end, the parents say, where you got such a God that that a person would be so loyal to? This God must be something. uh. Must be real, right? It is so real to my son. Many parents became saved because of that. When you understand election, let me ask you, who wrote about election? God used who? The Apostle Paul. Who is the worst persecutor and murderer of Christians? Who hates Christians? The Apostle Paul. But because he's an elect. Did the Christian have to fear, Paul, uh, we bow, we bow, we bow. No. No. In fact, when Stephen was being stoned, remember we studied the book of Acts? When Stephen was being stoned, the record was what? Saul was standing at the side and observing. Many wondered why he was observing and so quiet. Some guess that he began to wonder why would these people die like that by the time christ met him maybe everything in his heart he's already been the holy spirit already making him wonder making him wonder all right so do what is right that's why i get very grieved um and i strongly believe it's a lack of understanding why i take time to explain this because we are we are predominantly many chinese in our church when you go back to brunei go back to singapore go back to malaysia you will face these things. You need to be clear in your heart. Right? Sometimes out of ignorance, I see photos of um, young, young uh, Christ, of Christians, even old Christians, elderly Christians bring their family to the to tomb um, and then bow to it and all that, and then they take photo and put it on their Facebook. Very stumbling. So you understand you don't do these things. No matter how you talk, your parents cannot hear you. Okay? You must believe God's word. There was something else I wanted to say. Now, yes. So can we bring our grandchildren to go to the grave once a year to look at it and say, this is your granddad, that kind of thing? Um, Do it very carefully. Now we say nothing wrong if well the picture is there. I said okay, we go and clean up granddad's um, uh, funeral, uh, or just to see, or just to say, make sure they never have the concept that is something spiritual, There's something spiritual is going on. But as Christians, I think it's best to show them photos, this granddad, that kind of thing, because children they they connect things. They may think that there's something special about going to the grave. Understand that they connect. Yeah, as long as you teach very clearly, if you want to bring, for whatever reason, do it very, very carefully. You, we ourselves must not have any thought that there is something spiritual or special about going to the grave. Okay, I told Sharon, if I die, just just, just bury me anywhere, grass go or oh, never mind. Hmm? Don't care. Don't come and don't come and I should not say, don't come and visit me, right? <laughs> right? Don't even bother to come and clean the grave. Forget it, you know? I'm rotting underneath. One day, my body will be brought up to heaven. Alright, so so does that, that answer your question? So be very careful what you're con- what you're conveying. That is the important part. Yeah. Okay. So now I give you an example. Like, I you know what point? <laughs> now, now um, yeah, this is not relevant. So we don't have to talk about this. But there was there are cases in our church too where the parents want them to um, burn incense to the dead and then they refuse to because they know it's against. um they'll give the wrong concept that the dead can receive things What's the problem with people thinking that the dead can receive things? Kesia, What is the problem when we give the idea and Affirm their idea that the dead can receive our prayers, can receive our burn Mercedes and all those things. What's the problem with that? Um, you yes. You make them think that you can actually make them feel more comfortable after they are dead in the afterlife, when you cannot. Because once you do that, you re-install, re-establish in your, in your loved one's heart, what? I do not need to believe in Jesus, what? Because after I die, as long as you burn lots of money to me, many cars, many houses to me, burn servants also, I will be fine. Right? Will they turn to Jesus? No, they think there is a life that is going to be comfortable after death. That is the deception of Satan. That is what it is about. That's why I just told them about bowing to that, giving respect and all that. You give the wrong idea. You want to tell them it's over, then they start to want the war over. Really, no more chance. I better believe. You know why Chinese people don't like their children to become Christians? <coughs> why? Because they say when you become Christian, after I die, you're not going to visit me at the grave and you're not going to burn things to me. That's why they don't want Christians to their children to become Christians. And we must not reinforce that. All the more must say that it's over. You must believe now. There's no afterlife. I will respect you, take care of you when you're living. Next. Question number five. Actually, seven and eight is very crucial. I need you all to be here for seven and eight. And I want you all to submit questions. Seven and eight is all about keeping the Sabbath. Because I don't think we we'll get to seven and eight. Now, number um, I just summarized. Do you pray for the future generation? You must. Do you pray for government? You must. Don't pray for the dead. Don't pray for things that are not lawful. That is point four in worship. Point number five. Let's read together. The reading of the scriptures with godly fear, the sound preaching and conscionable hearing of the word in obedience unto God with understanding, faith and reverence, singing of psalms with grace in the heart, is also on the due administration and worthy receiving of the sacraments instituted by Christ, are all parts of the ordinary religious worship of God, besides religious oaths and vows and solemn fastings and thanksgiving upon special occasions, which are in their several times and seasons to be used in holy and religious manner. Alright, so I ask you this question, right? Now, what is this? This is what is in worship, okay? Now, what are the 8 items mentioned as inclusions in worship in Article 5? Maybe it's not very accurate. Um, what are some of the items mentioned? So, in worship, what should we include? Now, some new believers asked, recently someone asked me again, when we worship God, how do we know what worship service should be? What should we include? So here, the Westminster Divine pulled out some verses and so on, and. They say now, typically in in Scripture, when you see that it's worship, you see these things present in the temple as well as in the New Testament, understand? So they draw from there. Worship contains this thing, number one. So you write down, number one, what? Reading of Scriptures. Reading of Scriptures. When Christ was in the temple, remember? He stood up and he read Scriptures. Hmm? He read Scriptures. Now you understand why we have Scripture reading? Not to pass the time. We see that done in the Old and the New Testament, and Christ himself did it, reading of scriptures. Number two, sound preaching. Sound preaching. So, worship includes the dissemination, the preaching, exhortation of God's word. We also see that um, in the temple worship, in when, when Moses gathered the people to worship God. Now, not only that, there is the hearing. The hearing of the word, the hearing, the Roman Catholics, that's why I wrote, wrote all this to, to fix the Roman Catholic problems. The Roman Catholic Church at that time, they read scriptures, but can anyone understand what they read? No, because it was in Latin. We covered that during the Reformation series coming in September. They read in Latin, no one understands. That's why they have to say, it must be the hearing of the word with understanding. Hmm? When Moses read, he read it in the Hebrew language, where everyone understood. Hmm? When Christ stood up to read, he read it in the Greek, what the Greek people used at that time, to make sure that, or if he read it in Hebrew, he read it in the language which the Jews could understand. So every time Christ speaks the word, read scriptures, Um, um, uh, Quote Old Testament He used it in language that people understood But the point is this There must be the hearing and obedience So when you come to worship Don't be like that I just want to ask me How come there is this person who comes to worship Once the preaching starts The person leaves You also notice I didn't notice You know It's constant now, don't have the idea that worship means on Sunday, I come, I sing already, I give offering already, hearing part is not important. I can, I'm done worshipping God, because I presented worship to God. No, Okay, so you see, when, when Christ was in the temple, when Moses gathered the people, they stayed and they're supposed to listen. And there's a preaching. So remember, it includes that. That's why there's the preaching. We'll talk about, more about that. Now, then there's a singing of Psalms. Singing of songs. The third one, singing of songs. The fourth one, sorry. So they're singing. Now you know why we sing. huh? Eh? sing is not to pass time. I had a Christian friend who say, "Singing waste time in worship. Can we cut down singing or don't have singing? We're here to just hear God's word. Then you go to the other extreme. Understand? It's just come and hear God's word. That's all. Worshiping is us presenting our worship to God in singing. Hmm? In singing. It's not for the pianist to show off. It's for us to worship God in singing. I'll talk about, about all this after afterwards later. I just, then there is um, sacraments um, in due time. means there is a the Holy Communion. Holy Communion. There is baptism, right? Um, and then, now, there are special occasions. Special occasions where there are religious oaths, vows, solemn fasting, thanksgiving, on these special occasions and they are also to be used in holy and religious manner they also must be used as worship can you think of one example fiona where this is so special occasions but it is worship you should know why i asked you right <laughs> weddings weddings are an example right wedding is an example that's why in premarital counseling we emphasize your wedding day the church ceremony is not about you, the bride. That day is a day that you, the rather the ceremony itself is a worship of God. Do you notice the order of service in in a wedding is very, very similar, if not identical, to worship service? Same, okay? Because it's a worship. It's a worship. Okay, There's one example. Then we have other situations like do we have what? Um, Good Friday? Right? Good Friday. Good Friday we have it when? Friday. (laughs) Is it a Sunday? It's not, right? But it is a special occasion and we do it as a worship. As a worship. What about watch night service? Another example. Uh, The Westminster divines are not against special occasions, several times and seasons to be used as religious, okay? So some people are against Christmas, um, Easter, and all that. They say, oh, we should not do that. It's pagan. Of course, we don't do anything pagan. Uh, we don't have Christmas trees in church. Uh, we don't have children dressed up as um, reindeers and elf, that kind of thing, right? I don't dress up as Santa Claus. So all these things, as long as we don't adopt the pagan practices, we do it as a Christian worship of God Remembering His death and His resurrection Nothing wrong Now, what about oaths, right? So there are oaths and vows going on, right? Oaths and vows Oaths and vows Can you think of oaths and vows that you take every Sunday? Now you suddenly wake up <laughs> oh, Did I take a vows on Sunday? Can you think of it? <inaudible> Sacraments um, um, Yes, sometimes it happens during the sacrament. Ben, singing. singing. When you sing, remember you say singing of Psalms with grace in the heart. All right, singing of Psalms and spiritual songs um, in the heart. Now, singing, please be very conscious because when you sing, can you think of a hymn that you are taking a vow? <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus, I have promised When you stand there and sing Oh, Jesus, I have promised You're singing a vow You're singing a vow Um, In fact, can we turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5? Ecclesiastes chapter 5 I want us to come to worship with lots of reverence, joy Carefulness. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse um, 2, 4, and 5. Chapter 5, verses 2, 4, and 5. Now let me read to you. Huh? Now, God says, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty in utter, um, to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. For, um, then verse 5 to 7. Better it is that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and pay not. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel, and so on, and so on, and so on. Huh? That's why that day, um, Colin and Fiona and the rest who have got married, I always emphasize, the vows you're making is making before God and men. So you must take it very seriously. Husbands and wives, those of us who are married It's the same, you know, we took those vows Long time ago Sorry, I just told you You must keep it <laughs> Doesn't mean ignorance is bliss Now you're more ignorant, okay So, you must keep it Same when you sing Mean what you sing Should you say, oh, I cannot take a vow, better don't sing Oh Jesus, I promise, hmm. keep quiet <laughs> What others, I wrote some Um, I would be true (laughs) I would be true Or take my life and let it be Oh no, if I disobey really take my life Honestly, ask God to help you By his strength, by his grace Sing with joy to him Lord, this is my worship to you Okay, so sing with understanding Sing with joy Sing with grace in the heart Sing with thanksgiving i hope we come to worship god differently from this sunday onwards now what uh, so several other things okay now what about this so please remember there's thanksgiving so we have thanksgiving service also thanksgiving okay thanksgiving is very important in worship now i ask you the next question how should we hear how should we hear question number five how should we hear as part of worship look at point five here now they extended quite a few things here Conscionable hearing In obedience With understanding Faith and reverence So many things, huh? So how should you hear? How many things you have? Conscionable hearing, one In obedience, two With understanding, three In faith, four With reverence, five Just for hearing part, five things When you come and worship God Yes, make sure you sing Read, read, read God's word with godly fear With reverence, okay? When we say read God's word, please read it properly. Please sit up and read. Okay, don't um, when scripture reading just cross your leg, lean back, and no. That's why I say reading with godly fear. You're reading the very voice of God's um, that that is written for us. So always sit up properly and read properly. Sing properly. You're singing to God. Okay, I know our chairman probably said, I want you to pick on me. <laughs> now, I was watching chairman. How chairman sing? Chairman sing with leg crossed like that. <laughs> Very common to all of us. Sometimes I also. How we better stand straight? Those who have gone through army, you understand. The moment an officer in the room, hmm? Officer in the room. What happens? Officer in the room. Or just sit down there and then just relax. Hi. No, it's immediately we must stand bolt upright when we are recruits. Officer in the room. Straight away upright, no movement. Cannot move. Those who have gone through army understand this concept of reverence and honour. Understand that. So when you sing and all that... Now, I'm not saying that when you stand like that means you're very godly. (laughs) And then, wow, this is ungodly. It can be all messed up inside. It can be as you're singing, you're thinking of all sorts of rubbish. But all these are uh, important um, aspects of our reverence to God. Okay, our reverence to God. So be careful of um, all these little things. But the most important is the heart. Huh? is the heart. Yeah, sometimes your leg is injured. You stand on one leg. I don't know. Now, the next one. How do you hear? What is Conscionable Hearing? Conscionable Hearing means make sure you and I listen to God's word with a desire for it to affect our conscience. It's not a dreamy hearing. I engage my conscience. I listen, desiring that God convict me, stir me, change me. Hmm? We must come to worship Praying to God I know many of you Pray for the worship service Very good Some of you text me Praying for tomorrow's preaching This is your desire to be To have conscionable hearing You're looking for God Can you talk to me Can you speak to me From your word tomorrow This week Can you show me of more of you Who you are Can you convict me of sin? And then you pray for the preacher, you pray for the Bible study teacher. God, I'm going because I desire to be, for my conscience to be moved. It is not just go there to gain knowledge. Oh, today we learn this, this, this. We can memorize everything. No, it's with a desire that your life get changed. Understand that. That's why the next one is in obedience unto God. Worship hearing, this is, we are studying worship, huh? When you come to worship to hear, you must come to hear God's word, part of it. And you must hear with a desire and intent and purpose and aim to obey. That is proper worship hearing. I want to explain this further. Actually, I preached this in, in Myanmar, if I remember correctly. True worship is a desire to obey God. Say that again. True worship, you're studying what worship, is a desire to obey God. Valerie was there. Oh, but you might be teaching the children. Do you remember why? Why Why? when I say worship and the Westminster Divine say, worship listening, when we listen to obey, it is a... Sign of our worship to God Remember? Or you were not there? Don't remember? Probably not there Anyone can guess Who want to guess? Moray. Hmm? Say again? Someone say something Ah, yeah Maureen You want to try? Maybe you're right Okay uh, Alright, Moray. Why is Why is Hearing to obey, a very high form of worshipping God. Obeying God's word is our show of our love to Him. If any man love me, let him keep my commandments, right? So, yes, that's correct. If any man love me, let him keep my commandments. So you want to worship me, you want to show me your love, keep my commandments. How to keep God's commandments? Listen to His word. To obey is better than to sacrifice, right? Now, King Saul. Yes, to obey is better than sacrifice. When, when um, King Saul went ahead and offered the sacrifices to God, he thought he was worshipping, right? He said, I can't wait for you. You're too late, Samuel. So I went ahead to worship God. Offer our sacrifices to Him first before we go to battle. Then what was the answer? To obey is better than to sacrifice. Obedience is our highest form of worship. That's why you must want to hear, must want to know for the purpose of obeying. What is the first reason why we obey God? Rachel. There are two reasons. What's the first one? Why do we obey? Why do we worship God? Sorry. Because he's God, he's the sovereign. Our obedience to obey him is to acknowledge, you are sovereign, you are, you are 100% authority, therefore what you say, I must do. Correct? That's the, that's the meaning of sovereign. If we don't want to hear, God, I don't want to hear. Oh, now the preacher preaching against me, huh, all these things if we come desiring to say, God, tell me where I have sinned. You are sovereign, you are authority. What you want me to do, I come to find out and I will do it. That is worship of the sovereign. Understand that? Okay? So please remember, when you come this Sunday, every Sunday, come with a desire to say, God, what have you to say to me? How do you want me to live my life? I want to know more of you and I want to obey. Hmm? Not come here and delete parts that we don't like. Then it is not worship. You, won't re- you refuse to admit that He is sovereign over your life, over my life. God, this area, this sin, I keep. This kind of job, I don't intend to leave. This kind of life, this kind of laziness, I don't intend to change. You talk, you, when, it's, when that part of the scripture comes, I'm going to switch off. This is not worship. This worship worship of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We come to hear our own voice, and we come to ask God to please me. There's a self-worship. All right? So I hope you understand. Hearing in obedience, with understanding is very important part of worship. with reverence, sorry, with faith and reverence, with faith. Worshipful hearing is full of faith. What do I mean by that? Actually, why? Why is worshipful hearing full of faith, Brother Douglas? Faith must be engaged in hearing. Then is worship. Faith without works is dead. Um, In a sense, yes, true. Now, when you come and God reveals things which you are afraid to live by, You're afraid. God, if I live like that, I will suffer loss in this world. I will not get ahead in life. My children may not be so smart anymore. My children may not be part of this, may not be part of that. But God, all these things, but because I see it from your words, now, unless I preach false things, but as long as it's from God's word, and now you know, you must couple that hearing with faith. God, therefore, I will by faith obey you. You know what's the greatest worship of someone? I ask you to do something. It's going to risk your life. It's going to risk you losing everything. It's going to put you in danger and you may suffer irrecoverable losses in life. I tell you, go do it. And then you say, yes, sir. That's the greatest worship of me, right? The greatest worship of God is where God says, yes, by faith, God, I will do it. I will live it this is great worship of god understand right so all these things when christ preached on earth one of the problem was they would not believe what he's saying and then christ said they worship him with their lips only their heart is far from me they won't believe they won't they won't worship me they won't obey me they already made up their minds they won't worship christ as god for who he is all right so i hope we understand some of these things So. For this point, one of the things that I want to say is When you come Come and sing Come and sing well to the Lord I get very grieved when I go to churches And the singing is dead Is it because Maybe I'm judgmental Is it because They don't understand worship? Is it because they have such a low view of God that, That it doesn't stir their hearts? I don't know When we see the words, our hearts must be stirred. This is God. We sing with great joy. You know the hymn, I sing for I cannot be silent. I sing of Him all day long. That is worship. Hmm? So I hope that would be so in our lives. Now I'm I'm not singing again just because we shout and scream at the top of our voice means we are very holy. But worshipful singing will always Bring forth zealous, joyful singing unto the Lord. Right, so let us sing uh, with joy. I use this example until you're sick, right? Your birthday. Then you ask, Will come. We celebrate it in the hall. When we time to sing Happy Birthday, everyone either yawning or looking away or singing, mumbling. How would you feel? This is how God, this is the kind of things that we give to God every Sunday Pretty sad Alright, so I hope this wake us up let's, let's worship God for who He is with much um, carefulness And I hope you come pray for the message Now I, I cannot say this enough Those that pray for the message Are often the people that benefits the most from the message They hear things that you don't hear Because I say the same thing, right? It's the same mic. How come this person heard that, the other person didn't get that? How come this person get changed, the other person didn't? Maybe it's not God's timing. Uh, Maybe it's I'm not good. (laughs) But the point is this. Those that pray, God will answer their prayers. God, I come with conscionable hearing. God, I come desiring to know and to obey. God, I don't understand. I come desiring to understand who you are. You think God will answer that prayer? God, of course, will answer that prayer. That's why those that pray for the Bible studies, for worship, they worship God with the greatest joy. They benefit the most. Now, you know why they talk about prayer, then they talk about all this? One of the items is prayer and worship. No more time, alright? So, But I think these are the key things I want to mention. Now, the next one I just want to say is this. Um, Point 6 will be quite straightforward, but 7 and 8 is going to be about the Sabbath. I know many of you are always asking me questions, can I do this, can I do that on Sabbath? Can I do that or can I do this on Sabbath? Can my children do this on Sabbath? Can we do that on Sabbath? Many questions. So 7 and and 8, we want to become very clear. Because fathers, you lead your family. If they want to do something on Sunday, how? School wants them to do something on Sunday, how? Your job wants you to do something on Sunday, can cannot? What is it? We need to understand very clearly um, because it, that is going to deal on Sunday worship. Okay. Now, can I request this then? Can you please send me questions? Hmm? Can you please send me questions so that I can address them when we do questions 7 and 8? We don't study this often. I don't just. All right, we finish seven and eight. I want to ensure that we understand what biblical Sabbath keeping is. Then live it. Okay. Now let us close in prayer.